Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. Well, it has been a trend. We've been down to... What happened there, buds? Just going straight to the Knobloch clip. It's all on <laughs> multiple boards, you know? Wasn't that? That was in the script. Begin podcast with fragmented knob clip. From an old game, I believe, actually, too. <laughs> oh, was that? That was even an old Knobloch <laughs> yeah. clip. Love it. We're off to a smoking start here on Got Your Back. What's going on, folks? Welcome to our post-game show. Ryan Rashog here, Jason Strud. Rob Brown and Subi standing by. We're going to break down what was, uh, yeah. I think McDavid said it was kind of weird or a weird game or something like that. Felt like that to me a little bit too, but nonetheless, a 4-2 loss at the hands of the Minnesota Wild and tons of trade talk. In our second segment, I'm going to lay it out there. What my sense is, what's going on. And we're going to dig into that in segment number two. As always, got your back brought to you by Sherwood Buick, GMC, our proud title sponsor. Come check out their massive, beautiful showroom. They're the number one GMC dealership in all of Canada, six years running, and it's easy to see why. They got trucks in stock, or they can get them in short order. If you mention Got Your Back sent you, you will get specialized pricing. You'll get three free ultimate detail packages as well. That's on a new or used vehicle. Love having a clean car. Got Your Back, Sherwood Buick GMC help you do that if you're in the market for a vehicle go see phil and the crew just off baseline road on the way into sherwood park coming at you from our long shots studio sherwood park's cheapest 20 ounce pint oh that matters cheapest 20 ounce pint anywhere in sherwood park a great spot to watch the game uh, just waiting on rob brown who is walking to his car after finishing his Post-game show on 6.30, Chad with Reed Wilkins. So we got Struddy and Zuby for now. Struds, well, buddy, how's the day? How you doing? How's everything? Yeah, good day. Good day. How about everybody else out there? If you guys are all right? Yeah. How was today? Not bad. I had the morning skates today. A little nappy this afternoon. Overdid it on the pizza for dinner. Feel a little heartburny right now. Is all that more detail than you wanted or did you care? actually oh. asked he cared no i i mean, i'm i'm interested yeah yeah i'm interested i myself on my uh one of my my daughter had a had to be on the pool deck uh for a swim meet at 6 a.m this morning oh so yeah that was, uh, <laughs> was an early start to the day hold uh, on yeah so and no nap today i've been going pretty much all day long so i gotta yeah. bring it Got to fake it till you make it, right? So no nap at all. Uh, Zuby, how are you? Uh, judging on your start to the pod, I'm assuming you're, you're a little tired or maybe had an extra early morning or something that's got you smashing buttons randomly. Uh, right now I'm trying to get Rob Brown on the phone. So that's, uh, I didn't oh, hear. So- I, I believe the question was, how am I doing? <laughs> I'm doing fine. That was just a little, I like to have it's one okay. little blip. I like to the, Go keep ahead. the listeners on their toes. Um, we'll start a separate Twitter handle or something for what was Zuby's intentional mistake of the night. Um, and tonight yeah. <laughs> it was the beginning. Uh, so tonight I got it out of the way early. There you go. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, let's get to the breakdown of 
interesting. And I bet by the time I finish the ad read, Rob Brown will be ready to rock and roll with us. It's brought to you by Adrenaline Diesel, our great partners, Edmonton's heavy-duty diesel truck repair shop. They got a number of drop-in-ready diesel engines available for purchase as well, installation or conversion. They also have a couple restored trucks for sale, a 2018 Peterbilt, a 2010 International Pro Star, and a 2015 Volvo VNL. Drop in to see these beauties, 13019, 151st Street, Northwest, as we say hello to Rob Brown. Brownie, how was the move of the post-game show, bud? Um, uh, A little down, a little, <laughs> some question marks about the goaltending. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny, you sent a text during the game, and we did get a question about Leon being a little cranky. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wouldn't call it a real positive vibe tonight, leaving the arena for the Oilers fans. Yeah, no question. Connor McDavid said it was a bit of a weird game. Strutty said that their first was as bad a first as they had in a while. Dominant in the third. Strutty, what's your headline for tonight's game? Oilers lose a game they deserve to win. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I would say that's it. I I would agree with that. Hey, Brownie, overall, they all played the wild. Yeah, I agree. Mine would, Oilers allow wild to hang around in game that they had no reason to be in. I mean, the Oilers, the way they played in the third, had they played that in the first, this would have been no contest. Uh, But the Oilers, I thought, played a very uninspired first 20 minutes. That allowed the Wild to hang around in the hockey game and find interest. So, to me, the Oilers deserved a better fate in this hockey game. But they allowed a Wild team to stay in it because the Oilers really weren't good in this game until about halfway through the second period. Pretty dominant in the third there, Strud's, just in terms of shot volume opportunities. They had lots of chances, just missed on a few. Hit some posts. McDavid, I think, hit a few. But bottom line... I mean, Minnesota took advantage of their chances, and I thought the wounds were kind of self-inflicted in the third period there, Stretty. Well, they were. And, you know, look at the second goal. Uh, how, how does Brodeen able to walk in that far and just unleash the slap shot? Yeah. Where, where, where did the coverage go? So you can look to the winger that should be up there to slow him down, or Ekholm has to release. He gets tied up by um, uh, Erickson Eck. Uh, in front, I think it was Erickson. Yeah, it was, and and he needs to step out and 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 confront uh, the demon who's just coming as an absolute. Drops a bomb. Now we can debate whether Pickard should stop that one. It clips his glove. So was that a good just to get a clip on his glove, or should he make the save? Now that's that's mm-hmm. debatable, but I don't believe that shot should happen in that moment. Yeah, probably got to have that one that goes through your glove. Hey, Brownie. I mean, I, I don't think the reason they well, lost was Pickard tonight, but I think you probably want the one that that you got your glove on and it went through. Having said that, I agree with Struts. I mean, you can't. I mean, Rodine is a good hockey player. He had all the time in the world to walk yeah. into an absolute bomb. Uh, you look at the goals they scored. Uh, Brody, who's a fantastic, or Boldy's a fantastic hockey yeah. player. He walks in, has time, time and. In the first goal, and just walks in and just rifles it home. The, la- the third third goal, he comes across. He has all the time in the world to shoot it into an empty net. And let's not forget, too, that the Oilers gave up another goal. Now, it was called back for offside, but the offside had nothing to do with the goal. It was poor defensive zone coverage. 
that allowed Erickson Eck to be all by himself. So there's four goals that were scored where the Minnesota Wild player had time and space. And it was three of the four best Minnesota Wild players that had right. time and space. So again, this goes to the Oilers when they went one sixteen in a row. They found ways to win games where the opposition goaltender was excellent. Right now, it's not that way anymore. They, this year, they gave up three-plus goals again, nine straight games. Actually, it's four goals they gave up tonight. They've got to find a way to play better defensively, not, as you said, self-inflicted wounds, giving up the big grade-A scoring chance against, because some nights you have to win 2-1 when the opposition goalie plays well. I thought they did a terrible job managing the puck in their own end in the first period. I thought some of the D were sloppy. I thought the forwards were definitely sloppy. It was ugly in that first period, no question. Second period, you know, they, they better than previous second periods. And then they, they take over the game in the third period. Connor McDavid was six shots. I think it was 10 or 11 attempts. He's really, I mean, we're not going to talk overall about production and criticize it all. Another two assists tonight. But Strud's? How about the fact that it's now eight games since Connor McDavid has scored a goal? It is, but listen, he's he's all over the ice. You know, do you want to talk about the backhander that he hit the post? Do you want to talk about the toe mm -hmm. drag around the D-man? Pass from Hyman, hits the post. He had multiple chances to score. Like, he is all around this thing. Um, yeah, it would have been great if, if you could have scored tonight on one of those. It helps. Obviously, they probably come out with a win. Um, but when, when you're getting chances like that, I, 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 I'm – I wouldn't even hesitate to to say this guy's going to come out uh, come out of it and probably have a hot run of goals because he, he's he's on it like he he's he's in the zone brownie. Yeah, you're right. At the beginning of the season, when everything was going sideways for the Oilers and McDavid wasn't playing well, there you at the end of the game you're like, ooh, and well, Connor, that was a tough one for Connor. Watching the games right now, you're like, Connor dominated in that game. And then yeah. you look, well, you look tonight, two assists minus four. You're like. Ooh, I don't know how that happened, but he is playing well. The puck's just not finding the back of the net. It's hitting post and out instead of post and in. Uh, his next yeah. goal will probably be the start of 10 goals in six games, uh, <laughs> possibly a hat trick or two thrown in there. Uh, Connor McDavid is playing very, very well right now. It just, the uh, I know you don't like the word, but the puck luck, it's just not bouncing for him right now. He's getting the, the bounces out of the net instead of into the net. Either one of the Connors right now. Who boy, that's just Connor Brown gonna have. Uh, let's get to the captain uh, post game. Brought to you by Weiss Johnson. Our sound box is Edmonton's first choice for all your heating, air conditioning, and plumbing needs. Certified techs available twenty four seven year round. They're committed to total customer satisfaction, no matter what time of day it is. Visit Weiss Johnson dot com. Connor McDavid speaking post game tonight. We showed that we had good legs. I thought, you know, maybe that was an issue in the first period. I thought we were a little flat, but um, I thought we built a game there in the second period. Starts with the, you know, some great penalty killing, and I think it gave our group energy, and um, we were able to kind of build a game. And then in the third period, I thought we were we were flying around. So um, I think we got good legs. Um, I like playing more games. I think uh, guys get into a good rhythm, good routine. Um, you know, kind of those stops and starts can, uh, and, you know, in, in the schedule can, you know, the rest is nice, but sometimes, um, you know, you can 
lose your game there. Um, obviously, as we saw since since coming back from the break, it hasn't been hasn't been the same. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, playing some consistent hockey. And they're right back at it tomorrow night against the Calgary Flames. Struds, he used the phrase, we built a game, which I thought was kind of interesting because clearly they didn't bring one. They started building it in the second period. <laughs> what, what's your concern yeah. level with whether it's second periods being horseshit, whether it's uh, a first period like tonight, just being you just scratch your head and go, how does that happen? How are you not ready to play? What's your level of concern with the basic idea that the Oilers can't seem to string together 60 minutes of decent hockey. That cliche, but it's what they're striving for every night, and they're not doing it. Yeah, well, I just want to kind of like Connor was asked about the fact that you know over the um, you know the, just the way they're playing, and there's a, a, more games being played. Yeah, Spect Mark Spector basically asked, "Are you guys tired?" Mm -hmm. And he said, "We had good legs in the third. Like, I, and I agree. I thought they were flying in the third. That's when they're moving their feet the most. So I, I don't think." fatigue is is setting in on this team i think there's other teams around the league that are hitting a bit of fatigue patch uh like the vancouver canucks but i, I don't see that with with the orders right now so the inconsistency from period to period i think that's really frustrating as a as a player to have obviously in your individual game then your collective game it's it's frustrating and you know you can i thought the first period you, you nailed that shagri was pretty sloppy the second period was very low event hockey you know, there was really very little going on. Um, the highlight was probably someone, you know, going to large popcorn instead of an extra large. The third period, they came out hot. They were flying <laughs> and buzzing. So just three different total games that end the difference. So how do you get that consistency back in your game? And that's something coaches strive for every team, that every sport, trying to figure out how to bring that consistency. And, you know, I, I think that the prep makes a difference. Um, you know, and when things aren't going well, to trust your system, to, to make sure that you're, you know, back checking hard or, um, you know, standing up at the blue line, whatever their penalty kill tonight was good. That gave them a chance early, right. To get that done. Those are the things that kind of hang you in there yeah. to get it done in the third period or later. Brownie, your turn to talk. <laughs> oh, okay. I wasn't sure. Um, yeah, I think, I, uh, I, well, there's a few things that odd. I, I found it very odd that Corey Perry was on the fourth line to start. Mm -hmm. I thought Corey Perry was excellent last game, and I thought his gamesmanship was something that was needed. We we saw the last game when the Oilers got off to a poor start against the Bruins. Who got them going in the right direction? Corey Perry with a fight against the, one of the five defensemen, uh, and having him on the fourth line, I thought was strange. I know that they were they talked about well, they're going to have Holloway and, and Perry playing the fourth line with Ryan and. They're going to pull Ryan back, put Connor and Leon out there. But there was just no yeah. consistency of that. So I, I think I would have liked to have seen there are players that can change the game. And when it was a sleepy first period, and it was incredibly sleepy, a Corey Perry will wake your team up. So I thought that more of Corey Perry in the first period might have woke this team up. As for no team plays 60 full minutes around the league. No team does. But they'll have spurts. And what we've seen with the Oilers, They'll go periods of quietness. It's one thing to have a, a, a about a six or seven minute stretch in a period where the other team is better. The owners are going full twenties, and that's—I don't know if it's a worry, but it's something that you want to correct because, as we saw in the St. Louis game, when the Oilers fell asleep for twenty, they scored three or four. And when you play good teams, they take advantage of that. So, to me, this was a game that the Oilers, if they came out hot in. This is a Winnipeg team that, or excuse me, this is a Minnesota team that gave up 13 goals in its last two games. This is a team that's a little lacking confidence defensively. 
And instead of the oldest pressing that issue, they came out sleepy and allowed Minnesota to hang around. Okay, we're getting lots of comments on the YouTube stream uh, about Leon Dreisaitl, uh, among other things. So let's dive into that. You guys will recall the other night I pointed out that while the Oilers were working their way back into a game, had just scored the 4-2 goal, uh, Dreisaitl on his next shift showed a lot of frustration, didn't get a pass he wanted, uh, kicked the, you know, kind of kneed his way through the gate, slammed it shut behind him. Fine. I pointed it out because I felt that while the team is working its way back from a deficit like that, you need everybody pulling in the right direction. Thought it was kind of a night where Leon didn't do a great job of being part of that. Fine, whatever. We know that he can be a little grumpy out there sometimes. I'm telling you guys, tonight was 10 times worse. Now, I didn't watch the broadcast. I guess they were rolling in some video and there was a conversation with Glenn Gullitz. And I had the binoculars out tonight and I spent a ton of time watching Dreisaitl on the bench. And in that third period, you guys, late, when they had that power play, Something happened during that power play. Dreisaitl snapped on the ice while they still had possession of the puck. He was yelling and angry. Then there was a whistle. He barked something at Evan Bouchard, right? Dropped the puck. They score a goal. He goes directly to the bench and sits down. And I watched him, you guys. He was fuming on the bench for like three, four minutes after that. So angry. The team had just scored to make it a one-goal game. And he just goes right to the bench, and he's sitting there fuming. So I think the cameras caught some of it. Brownie, I know you think this is no big deal. I don't like the fact that two games in a row, a team's been battling its way back, and this is kind of where he goes with it. Brownie, I'll let you respond first. Well, well I thought he was a big part of the comeback. I thought he was the Oilers' best he was player. good. I thought he had an outstanding hockey game. Yeah. So, I mean, so he was frustrated. You said he wasn't pulling the right way. Well, he played well. I don't know. I didn't see the play. I, I know that at the end of the first period, he lost it on the referee. He was mad there yeah. wasn't a call. And he barked at the ref for a good minute or two. The start of the second period, I think it was, he came out and apologized to the referee. I watched him apologize. The one that you're talking about, the end, I can't comment on that because I didn't see it. I saw him saying something to Bouchard. He wasn't happy with Bouchard. Put the puck, on, took the one timer, and he went and said something to Bouchard about that. I don't know what it was. Um, I mean, Leon Drysettle's an emotional player. Uh, you got to take the good with the bad. I didn't see on the bench. I didn't see any of the video. I do know someone did call in and ask about goal celebration. I thought they were talking about when he scored his goal, but obviously it was the the second goal. I didn't notice it, so I can't comment on that. Yeah, he was all business study when he scored his goal. Like he sat there with the guys and was sort of like, yeah, and then he just went. But it was the one where they scored to, to get within a goal where there was almost nothing from him, Struds. I like it when he's mad. I, I think I think an emotional player, now the problem is they can tip over, right? It can be too much. But I like it when he, he brings that emotion. He's emotionally connecting to the game. Um, I'd rather be mad than, you know, sometimes he gets the uh, the, 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 the kind of the negative kind of body language, right? Now, there's, there, I guess they're both a, negative a little bit, but kind of the sad Leon. I like the mad Leon better than the sad Leon. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to make a bigger deal of this than it is, right? So I'm going to put this in the notable category, but what I will tell you guys in my observation, and I sit up there and, you know, I I pay attention to the bench during commercial. I pay attention to this stuff. I'm telling you, 
it's different. It's two games in a row. It's been more. It's been different. There's been a greater level of frustration, and especially tonight. Whatever reason, don't know what it means, what about- don't know why. Still played great. I'm just filing that away as notable, Brownie. Well, what about the get in the game in Vegas when McDavid came off and the camera caught him throwing his stick and yelling down towards the assistant coach? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but, I'm not saying Dreisaitl's I mean, the only one that's ever done it. About that. I mean, you know, that's what I mean. It, it happens. It happens all the time. Guys scream on that. Guys get into arguments with the coaches all the time. Mm-hmm. But it just, it's not, not one thing was said about when McDavid did it. And then when, when, when Kane did it, it was no big deal. But now it's Leon, and now it's brought up again and again. Yeah, so you feel like he's not being given equal treatment, fair treatment. Fair enough, man. I don't know, Struddy, what do you think? To me, it feels a little different to me. The other in the game, it was because he didn't get a pass that he, liked, that he wanted. Um, I feel like this is just a little bit different. I, what was the score when Connor snapped? That was, that was at the very end of the game when Vegas yeah. scored into the empty net. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, wh- I'm whatever. At that, at that point in the game, whatever. I'm talking about your team just scored to make it 4-2, and tonight your team just scored to get back uh, to within a goal. I just think it's different. The timing is different. There's a time and a place to let that leak out and, you know, whatever. If you yell at a teammate and you get, you know, grumpy in a moment because things went horribly wrong and whatever, it gets the better of you, that's all competitive juices and stuff. This is happening in-game at key moments, Strut. To me, it just feels a little bit different. Strutty? I, th- I think we have to recognize the time of the year, though. Here we are nearly the end of February. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're not that far away from the end of the season. What is it, seven weeks or so? Roughly, roughly you know, somewhere in there. Um, so I, I think it can be – it is it is a tougher time of the year when that's happening. And, mm-hmm. and you do you do kind of get on each other's nerves and things that maybe didn't bother you in October, November, <laughs> now in February and March are – I, you know, am I wrong, Brian? Like, I think February is kind of the dark. No, I agree one hundred percent. You can only see the end of the season in March. You're gearing mm-hmm. up for the playoffs, and then not that he's worried about the trade deadline, but I found post trade deadline, it's like okay, either we are brutal and we're almost season's almost done, or we're good and we can't wait to get to the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you, Strud. I, I, I've been on many teams where players fight on the bench, yell at each other, where they yell at the coach. And then once they're back on the ship, then they go out and do it again. And I mean, dry saddle was good. It'd be one thing if he was yelling on the bench or frustrated, then he went out and didn't try the next shift. He's the one that the, the goal that he didn't celebrate. He's the one that created that goal. He made the yeah. play. So to me, sure. I've got, to me, it's honestly, it's a non-issue. I, and I, I agree with struts. I want, when Leon is angry is when Leon's at his best because then he's, he's mad. He's going out there. He's going to run somebody or he's going to shove it up your butt by, going through you and scoring a goal and then pointing at you after he does it. So I got I got no problem with the, the way that Leon I mean I've I've never heard anything negative out of the dressing room ever about Leon. Oh, no. So yeah, I yeah. so so that's why so to me this is this is making something out of nothing. Um it's eighty two game season and there's there's gonna be times where all players are frustrated. And and unfortunately for Connor and for Leon, the camera is always on them. If Derek Ryan was to go through a water bottle, you probably wouldn't know it because the camera wasn't on him on the bench. <laughs> but when Leon and Connor do it, the camera's always on them. It's always following them. And they're waiting for that. 
so that they can replay it and replay it. I got no issue with – I didn't see the goal celebration, but I got no issue with the way he's acted. But do you remember when Taylor Hall hit the water bottle, threw it, and it hit Dallas yep. Aikens and he got wet? <laughs> and then the next morning, yep. everyone was at practice, and I was there, and I remember they, those two were the only two people on. The Dallas Aikens afterwards said he wasn't talking to Taylor Hall about that situation. It was ridiculous. <laughs> that was like... so ridiculous. So we're all sitting there waiting for practice to start, and Hall <laughs> and Aikens are the and everyone's skating around, like yeah. skating laps and skating lap, like seven, eight minutes late. And then yeah. So what were you guys talking about? I was talking to Taylor. Yeah. How about you? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, you know what? I, I'm feeling the dog days of the season too, Brownie. Like, look at you and me. We were basically aligned on everything when the season started for this podcast. We were like, we were becoming better friends. We agreed with each other's points. We ganged up on Struddy. That was our favorite hobby. And now you and I are like head to head here these last few podcasts. So I'm kind of sick well, of you and feeling the, the strain as well. Well, actually, the, the the problem is, is I'm on the phone. I can't see you guys. I thought I was disagreeing with Struds all this time. Your voices sound the same, so I apologize and I disagree. I changed my vote and disagree with everything Struds just said. That's awesome. By the way, uh, for those watching on the YouTube stream, we are aware that Jason Strudwick is completely frozen. Struds, you don't know this, but your frame has not moved in like seven minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're leaving it because it's actually it's not a bad look. Like you're not blinking weird or anything, but you're you're completely frozen right now on camera. So. I uh, yes, told you can't aware. get a bad picture of me. That's what I heard. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if that's yeah. true. Somebody we're going to blame this one uh, on, Z on Zuby. Might as well. Somebody uh, in the stream said that they're, I forget. It was, basically, they were tired of Struddy's look judging them, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He does look like he's being very judgmental right now. Uh, let's get to the UCANU Services Relentless Player of the Night. They're a local charity that helps vulnerable find uh vulnerable youth find employment their 14th annual comedy nights fundraisers coming up in march six shows lots of laughs and a great way to support helping our youth right here in our community we're going to be there the night of the 20th got your back is going to be there on mass so and there are still individual tickets available check out youcancomedy.ca that's youcancomedy.ca Mention got your back sent you, and you'll get twenty percent off those tickets. Frozen Struddy, who are we going with for the relentless player of the night? Well, I've liked this player since he came to the league, and he had two goals tonight, seven shots. Matt Boldy, uh, that that line was the whole line was relentless. But I'll tell you what, I thought Matt Boldy was, if not the best player, one of the couple best players on the ice, guys. He he was, he's big, he's fast, uh, yeah, he's fun to watch. What do you think of his night, Brownie? One hundred percent. 100%. I thought he was excellent. He, that line was the best line on the ice for, yeah. for either team. They, uh, I was actually surprised. To start the game, they were matching Connor McDavid head-to-head -head against Erickson Eck. And it, and it surprised me because Erickson Eck, is, he's like a Kopitar, uh, Barkov. He's their best defensive centerman. He, go, he can play both ways. The rest of the centermen for the Minnesota Wild are small centermen that Connor McDavid could have abused, could have played with. And instead, he went head-to-head. -head. In the first period, that Boldy line was the better of the two lines. They, they outplayed the McDavid line. Second period, they got away from it. They put Leon against them, and the Oilers were better. But then again, in the third period, they went head-to-head. -head. And I thought, I mean, Chris Knobloch, I thought, had a chance to put Connor against. I mean, there were some mismatches line-wise. So I was surprised that he played Connor against the Minnesota Wild's best line. And at the end of the night, I mean, McDavid was minus four. Not all his fault, 
but I think there was opportunities for Connor McDavid with last change to be put out against not Erickson Eck, not Matt Boldy, who both mm. had excellent games tonight for the Wild. Yeah, and they were changing into that, especially early on in the first period. Whenever they had a chance to change into that matchup and put those guys out there against McDavid, um, they were looking to do it, and they had a pretty darn good night in that spot. Reminder that Rob Brown's appearances on the podcast brought to you by Kin Print, helping you find creative ways to promote your brand. High-quality apparel, top-of-the-line brands. Visit kinprint.ca. Okay, guys, when we come back, we're going to put this game to the side until later in the podcast, and we're going to dive in on trade talk. What we think the Oilers might be up to, what some possibilities are. We'll take some of your comments on the stream. I want to hear from people on the stream about why you think moving Cody Cece potentially might be the right thing to do, what you would want in exchange, and why you think that makes sense. When we come back in our takeaway segment, all kinds of trade talk. Stay with us. Say goodbye to unruly hair and hello to a smooth and silky back in minutes with Backscape. Shave your back solo with no mess with Backscape's water-resistant long handle and patented six-blade design, leaving you with a no-mess shaving experience all in less than five minutes. Shop now for 40% off select kits just for you, our Got Your Back listeners, and make 2024 your year to elevate your grooming routine. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Just ask Shogger. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. Pathfind can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Building you a championship caliber roster, find your team's path forward at pathfind.ca. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z.ca. We have video. Struddy is back. Oh, yeah. In real time here on Got Your Back. Time now for takeaways. Brought to you by Martin Motorsports. Their online store is your one-stop shop for all the gear you need for your next adventure. Whether it's on land, on snow, on the water, shop snow gear, apparel, accessories, e-bikes, and more at martinmotorsports-store. CA. If you use the code got your back, that's G-O-T-Y-E-R-B-A-C-K, got your back. 20 bucks off your next order. Okay, guys, I'm going to run you quickly through what I believe the trade scenario to be for the Edmonton Oilers, combination of uh, my sense of things. Um, and, you know, it's our job to dig around a little bit on this stuff. So here's where I think things are at. My belief at this time is that barring a major setback in net here over the next little bit, I think the goaltending is probably going to stand pat on that front. Barring something crazy happening between now and the trade deadline on the goaltending front, I don't believe that they have the ability to do that and also do some other things that they want to get done. Up front, 
I believe the target is either going to be an obvious top six right winger, someone that very clearly fits into one of those two lines and has a really good chance of making that work and staying there. And if that player is not available, I believe it's a third line center that they're going to get. What I think they're going to avoid is a tweener on the wing, someone that might be a second line, eh, maybe a third line. Eh, if it doesn't work out, now all you've got is another winger. Right, So it's either a definite top six right winger or a third line center. On the back end, I believe the most likely outcome on the back end is the orders at a depth defender, preferably a right shot guy that could play either side. And I believe that person on the depth chart probably slots in ahead of Philip Broberg, but we'll see what they can do. I think they're going to be talking on Gensel. I think they're going to be talking on Tanev. I think we're going to hear about the orders in on a lot of this stuff. I don't know if any of it's going to fall that way for them. So, gentlemen, top six right winger or third line center and a depth defender, and I think they stand pat on the goaltending front. Struddy, that's my sense of the game plan heading in. What do you think? Yeah, I don't, I, there's nothing really as a big surprise there. Um, for me, uh, I, I think that the goalies, you know, unless you're going to get that upgrade you want, I, I'm not sure that really there's much juice uh, out of that squeeze uh, when you're moving along. The depth D, man, that's an easy one. Third line center is a bit of a surprise. So I'm I'm guessing if they're going to do the third line center, that means Ryan McLeod becomes your top, top six, six winger. player. Well, he'd be one of a few guys on a list, right? So the like Brownie, the orders have a revolving list at any point in time of guys that could potentially slide in there. So whether it's Warren Fogle, whether it's Ryan McLeod, whether it's Dylan Holloway, the odd game, whether it's Corey Perry in game, if you want to make that switch, you know, the thought process is if you're not going to get someone who clearly is made for that role, then keep rolling your guys through and get yourself a center so that you can move McLeod up and not be so thin through the middle. Does that make sense to you, Brownie? It certainly makes sense and also makes sense the fact that I don't think they trust Ryan McLeod taking face-offs in big situations yeah. in his own zone. So I think they want to have someone they have a little more faith in. Um, I, I I think they need at least one more depth defenseman. It'd be even better if they got two. I, I don't know what the trust is with Philip Broberg, and I don't know if any of us know what he's capable of doing because he's more or less spent the whole year in the minors. Mm -hmm. Uh they're going eventually the Oilers are going to run into some injuries. There's no way that they can be this lucky the entire season and playoffs. So when I, I want guys, whoever they bring in with experience, playoff experience, uh, veteran type players, guys, that if, if they slide into the to the game, you're not losing a whole lot. So yeah, I, I agree with all of those things. I just don't, one thing I've heard a lot of people talk and I said, Oh yeah, they're going to move CC's contract out and they're going to try and get Tanov. Well, to me, that makes no sense. I like Tanov, but you just got rid of CeCe. So now you need another defenseman. Because I think the Oilers need to upgrade their uh, depth on both in the forward position and on the defensive position. And whoever they get up on forward, especially if it's a third-line centerman, they need size. The Oilers are small when they get into their fourth line with Gagne and Ryan and even Connor Brown. It's not a big, bulking hulking fourth line so I, I agree with everything you said there shaggy and hopefully the Oilers are able to pull some miracle out or some magic out and surprise all of us 
Strudz, one of the things I think people don't necessarily consider in the discussion of moving Cody Cece and upgrading at that position. So, you know, whether it's Walker, whether it's, if you think that's even an upgrade, whether it's Tanev. So here's the thing. You do a deal with the Calgary Flames for Tanev because you believe that's an upgrade on Cody Cece. And so you get either the Flames or someone mm -hmm. else to take Cody Cece and you bring in Tanev, right? You have assets going out the other way. Here's my question for you. What's your top four on D next season? Mm. You're immediately fishing in free agent waters looking <laughs> for a right shot top four defenseman. You know what you would love to get at that point if you could? Cody Cece at the dollar <laughs> figure he's currently at. So, you know, Cece signed for next year and having shown he can handle what he can handle, I don't think people are thinking about that when they talk about just swapping Cece out for Tanev magically. Yeah, you got to go on all in every year. You just got to. That's that's the goal, and I I, uh, I I don't always agree with that. I, I think you have to make smart choices, guys. I, I'm going to say this. I, I Tanev, I like Tanev, but he does not move the puck like I think they need to have someone that can move the puck with Nurse. Um, and that's not to suggest that Nurse isn't great at pass. He's he's not Bouchard. So when Bouchard's out there with you know usually he's with Connor, that's pretty nice. Those guys can make some nice plays. They can pass the puck up. Vegas last year had Shea Theodore and Petriangelo on two different lines. They were out there on the ice for 20 or 20 each. So 40 to 50 minutes a night, those guys are passing the puck up to the, to, to those forwards. Uh, you know, who's the best passer on the Oilers D? Uh, still Bouchard. Yeah. And after that, not that they're not good, but they're not that high level of Theodore and Petriangelo guys. So, if you're going to make a change there, I want someone to come in and can really zip that puck around and get it up to those guys quickly. Brownie, how worried would you be about next season and who you might have playing for you versus just focusing on what you need for this year? Well, I, I think if you're running an organization, you're always looking for next year and the year after as well. I think you can't always just go all in and then all of a sudden the next year, okay, what are we going to do now? I mean, Think about it. As you said, you're looking for a, a top pairing or top four right-handed defenseman, and you know in free agency, you're overpaying. And the problem for the Oilers going forward, they've got a lot of big contracts coming up, as well as three and three and a half million dollars for Connor Brown next year. They can't afford to overpay for players. So I'm a fan of Cody Cece. I think Cody Cece's fine. I just think they need more depth, more experience on the back end. Because if a nurse goes down or an Ekholm goes down and your first option is Philip Broberg, look what your sixth defenseman mm -hmm. look like with one of those two guys out of the lineup. A guy with very little experience uh, in the NHL, let alone in Stanley Cup playoffs. I want someone that's been there before. McDavid's Holy Sox says, for once, Shogger, not just blowing hot air with that take. Omar disagrees. He says, Ryan, that's not the question. The question is, can CeCe be in your top four? and beat teams like Florida, the Rangers, in a seven-game series. Neil Garrity says Tanev is way better than CC. Uh, don't see a top four uh, right D upgrade, sadly, even as biggest priority. That's Bobo Fett coming in on that. Uh, so we talked about Nick Bukestad the other night, you guys. The important thing to note on Bukestad is the Oilers can't retain salary on him because <clears throat> he was with the team um, last season. There are rules that prevent them from doing a deal that allows 
anybody else to retain salary. So you have to take him at full price, but you do get him for an extra year. Big body can win some faceoffs. It it does definitely make sense. And you know, my sense is the orders would be open to something like that. But Struds, I'll give you credit. You've been on this guy for a long time. Adam Henrique, if they have to go the way of bringing in that center, I think Adam Henrique potentially makes some sense there. I think you would have to get another team involved and you'd have to quarter that salary. So you're paying the pick to get him. Then you're paying a pick to get another team involved. But that could end up making some sense here. Yeah, I've been pretty consistent about that. And I've been with this guy for two or three years now. Like, I I like Adam Henrique. I really think that this is the guy that fits a lot of pieces. Because not only can he play center, he can also, you know, moonlight on the wing up higher if if needed, if you want a different look. Um, And it gives you just options. Coaches love options. So that's one player. Another player that's kind of been, you know, I've been wondering about is uh, Vladi Tarasenko. Big body. He kills a couple, or, or not kills, he knocks off a couple things. He's a big body. He's won in the playoffs. He's got a Stanley Cup, and he can score. Now, he's not lighting it up like crazy, but he's got, you know, 15, 15. 16. Yeah, 15. Okay, 15 goals. And he's played with good players in big moments. So if you're looking for those that type of pedigree, he's there, guys. Yeah, and how interesting, though, is he study sitting on the bench and not playing any power play time? Well, it's either that or sit on the golf course, right? Um, I guess he goes well, somewhere but, else. But again, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking a, a player like him who at times we've seen disinterested. We saw him in St. Louis become disinterested and was in the doghouse with Craig Berube a lot. When he, if he comes to uh, Edmonton, he's not on your power play. Uh, so does his interest always high for games in the biggest mm-hmm. moments? I don't know. I'm just looking at some of his past body language of how he reacted when things were going right in other cities. Uh, is he going to want to be a, you know, 13, 14 minute a night guy with very little power play time? As an offensive player, power plays your bread and butter, and he's not going to see that here. Yeah. Well, let's say he goes to, or to uh, Colorado. Is he on the first line power play there? McKinnon, Ranton, and uh, um, I don't know who. Well, he's better than Drew. Um, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know. I, that's There's certain yeah. players that would worry me. And he'd be a player that would worry me, that he might lose interest if things didn't go his way. I mean, he went to New York last year in the playoffs. Did he really do anything in New York when he got traded there? He scored yeah. three goals for him in the playoffs, uh, scored eight goals in 31, 21 points in 31 games. So not terrible, but your point remains, Brownie. He was he was scoring at a better pace when he was with St. Louis. But but let's be honest, guys. They're trying to add two studs or former studs into that lineup in Kane and Tarasenko. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot overall. Not a good point. And I don't know that the power play ever got on, on track. I think we'll hear about Ken Holland being in on some of these bigger names. Like, you know, I've heard Buchnevich. Well, how how do you make that deal work? Like, he makes a ton of money. It's multiple picks to get him. Now you got to move out. You got to use more picks to move out. Money. Like, I think it needs to be realistic here. Even Gensel yeah. is very difficult to try and execute. Very difficult. First of all, how much is Pittsburgh willing to retain? Then you got to fork over the assets. And, you know... The chances right. that there aren't other teams out there that are going to be able to give Pittsburgh a way better deal than the Oilers are, just based on how much they'd have to retain. 
I think they'll be in there and we'll hear about them being in there. But Struddy, that stuff to me, the big game hunting to me, I think is not that realistic this year. That's why I think Tarasenko is maybe the level down. Right? Mm-hmm. He's, the, he's the level down. Like I, I do think that Henrique, I think he'd probably be more expensive to acquire than Tarasenko. Now, I might be wrong. I'm not an insider. But I just think Tarasenko, he's not Tarasenko from five, six years ago. So that's a level. That's a step down from uh, from from Henrik mm-hmm. and definitely Gensel at this time. All right. Here's Good a question stuff. for you, Shoggy. Here's a, here's a question yeah, for ahead. you, Shoggy. What do the Oilers have for um, assets? I mean, they got their first-round pick, and they got Broberg. But who else in the minors does anybody want? Yeah, I mean – in terms of higher end ones, uh, there's there's not a ton there uh, with Borgo, um, Lavoie I mean, maybe. Yeah. People like probably like the size of no. Rafi Lavoie. You know, probably don't mind that. But really, it's their draft but, capital but then, and Philip Broberg. Yeah, didn't didn't Lavoie get sent down on waivers? He did. Yeah, he yeah he cleared did waivers he? this yeah, year for so- sure. So he cleared waivers. So, so he's not any, nobody really, that's not going to get you anything. Burgo is not going to get you anything. So when it mm-hmm. comes to assets, the Oilers have Philip Robert, who I think is going to be a good NHL player. And mm-hmm. they have their first pick overall, which is going to be a late first round pick. That's all you have for assets without taking something off your team and anything you take off your team. Well, now you got to get more players. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fishing in those—I uh, don't know—fishing in those ponds with those big, you know, trying to catch the big game. I—I I think we're going to hear about them being around it. I'm just not sure how realistic any of that is. So, we shall see. We're going to have lots to talk about here uh, in the weeks, uh, week and a half or so to come here. Brownie, thanks, buddy. You're probably parked outside your. Uh, Thank you. And no creeps outside uh, no, waiting no for you. Yeah, no, that was scary the other day. You're asking me a question. Some creepy guy just put his face up at my window at one in the morning. No idea who he was. Freaked so what did you do? You just, you just so waited until he left? I, I'm staring at him. I put my hand on the stick shift and put my truck in reverse in case he pulled something out. I don't, it was, I'm sitting talking to you and all of a sudden I felt this presence. And I look and there's this <laughs> dude looking in my windshield or in my side door here. And his face is right up against the glass and his eyes. He was on something and it wasn't, uh, wasn't, gummies it high was something a little stronger <laughs> yeah he was not he was not high on life and he just stared at me in my driveway i'm like the hell my neighborhood's gone to hell i'm telling you so wow. i got my baseball bat sitting beside me in my car today so i'm safe <laughs> do us a favor brownie text me when you're in tucked in bed safe and sound because i'm gonna do nothing but worry about you now until i know you're okay i appreciate that and i just want to say that whatever you and Struddy say the rest of the night I agree with you. Me? <laughs> Me, right? 100%, Shoggy. Everything that you say from now on tonight oh, is 100% right, and Struddy is wrong. All right. I love it. Brownie, get home safe, friend. <laughs> we'll talk again. Uh, we'll talk right, again. Good night, guys. Uh, Nate right, Hay chimes night. in and says, uh, yeah, see you, buddy. Says, Bo Akey as a potential asset that the Oilers have. Yes, good young player. Fair point. Showed yeah, pretty well nice early on. Yeah, I would think teams would be interested in him. Okay, uh, when we come back, Struds and I are going to take a lap. Then we still got Struddy's World and then ask us anything as well. So lots of show left. Let's get to it. Short break. 
The Edmonton Sport and Social Club spring season is set to go in May and registration is just around the corner. Team up with your pals to play in slow pitch, beach volleyball, outdoor soccer, ultimate frisbee, and even cornhole leagues to keep the spring months full of excitement. Spring leagues begin in May. Registration opens on February 8th. Visit edmontonsportsclub.com for more details. Time to talk about your mortgage? It doesn't have to be a daunting conversation. With over 16 years in the industry, Maria Gallus with Maximal Mortgages knows how to make it easy. With access to dozens of different lenders, let Maria customize the perfect solution for you. Whether you're purchasing, refinancing or renewing, or a first-time buyer, Maria's simplistic approach and expert advice will have you feeling confident you're in great hands making informed decisions. Take the stress out of your mortgage journey. Contact Maria Gallus at mortgagesbymaria.ca. That's mortgagesbymaria.ca. Time to take a lap now brought to you by Backscape. You can bid farewell to unwanted back hair solo in just five minutes with the fastest growing male grooming tool on the planet. There's Brownie demonstrating how you use the product from his shower. Name the superhero of razors. Let Backscape have your back and tame that wild mane. Water-resistant, rechargeable long handle. You can shave in any direction with no cuts, scrapes, bumps, or mess. Visit Backscape.com. That's B-A-K-Scape.com. And uh, you got 40% off right now. Backscape, stay smooth, gentlemen. Strutty, where are we going to take our first lap? Gabriel Landeskog is uh, has been backscating uh, with Colorado Avalanche. Did you say he's been backscaping? Ba- yeah, I did. Well, backscaping and backskating. Me. He's mm-hmm. been doing both uh, with the Colorado Avalanche. We haven't seen him for well this playoffs. It'll be two years um, that he that he's played in the league. Captain, uh, big body, just plays the game right. I, I love Landeskog, uh, but he's back. He's backskating now. There's no sure timeline according to uh, our buddy Pierre Lebrun, but if he's skating now, I mean, how much time does he need to be skating? You know, are we looking at a playoff possible playoff return? And you know, the Avs are are well positioned; they've got a good team there, but they do have a couple issues. One is a guy that I didn't understand why they traded for is Ryan Johansson. Mm-hmm. The second is Nakushkin is in the player assistance program. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, this guy coming back in the playoffs, and, and obviously wouldn't maybe be where you'd expect, but. He's a nice player to get back, your captain, and he can still play the game, especially around the net. So I think that is, to use your words, Shogger, very notable that uh, he is back skating. Doesn't mean he's imminently returned, but he's back skating. Well, like you tell me, being off for that long, and we don't know all the details of all the injuries and such, how realistic is it that that he can just all of a sudden show up and Hey, surprise, surprise, and it's playoff time. And all of a sudden, just he's a wily veteran. He's been around a long time. He's a good player. That feels like a tall order to just show up and roll into playoff caliber hockey strategy, even for a guy like Lannisgaard. No doubt. And we're talking two years here by the time, or yeah. almost two years by the time the playoffs start. But he's skating. Let's say he started skating January 1st. I'm just going to pick that date. That's one month, February, March, and half of April. That's three and a half months. Uh, if you cannot get some kind of shape and get your your feet underneath you and feel good, you know, after that long, 
Um, plus, the, this surgery was last May, so we'd be nearly at a year for it to come back. Now, I don't know the extent of the surgery. Obviously, it was quite significant because he hasn't played for nearly two years. But mm-hmm. I, I, it just feels like he'd be back. Unless there's a setback, he'd be back for plus. That's what it feels like from here. Love the player's game. Leadership, hard nose, broke into the league young. And really young. Uh, really Captain young. young. 19. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's, that was crazy. Yeah, I, I remember I was doing the nighttime show. I'm like, why give it to him so young? Like, why why the rush? Yeah. You couldn't wait till he's 20. Uh, but he's, I mean, it's he was he's a good leader, but I still know at 19 that that's, uh, yeah. I hope that uh, Chicago doesn't do that with Bedard. All right, number two, uh, Winnipeg Jets are having a great year on mm-hmm. the ice. Uh, it sounds like off the ice, their uh, chairman, Mark uh, Chipman, um, came out and had an interview with The Athletic and just kind of spoke about the idea that unless they are able to raise the number of uh, season ticket holders they have back up to where it was, uh, you know, recent or a couple of years ago, um, that that this might not be, to use their word, might not be working for the long haul. Uh, so pretty bold statement by a franchise that, re- you know, relocated from Atlanta back or to Winnipeg. Uh, interesting comments when you think about what they bought the team for and then what the franchise values are now. Uh, you know, it's gone up a ton, even if it is in Winnipeg, Shogger. Yeah, Chris Johnston, my my colleague at TSN, and of course, you know, Hockey Insider, writes for The Athletic as well, actually did the interview with Chipman and and posted a great article on it. Paul Friesen, who's been writing out of Winnipeg for quite some time as well, Winnipeg's son, came over the top with a pretty heavy-handed article where he leaned in on Chipman pretty hard. And the organization for the way they've handled a number of things. It's worth a read. Kind of a, a different perspective. Um, and he heaped a lot of criticism on, on Chipman and on the organization. Um, you know, they've had some marketing campaigns that maybe didn't send the best message in terms of, you don't want to threaten your family. You're coming out of COVID and you're wanting to get people back on board and, you know, presenting the idea at all that, that maybe they could be on the move if, if, if. Um, so, you know, the suggestion is that there's been some missteps from them as well. Bottom line, this city has had its heart ripped out once from a hockey standpoint. <laughs> it would be brutal to see it happen again. Yeah. But Strud, the red flag for me is how good a team they are and where their attendance is. That's the thing. If it were Arizona, I get it. Yeah. It's a damn good team. It, it is. It, no, there's no doubt about it. And today there's also um, some tweets going around talking about how the – uh, they're having good success down in Arizona at the box office. And it's mm-hmm. incredible that, you know, they have 5,000 fans, but it sounds like, you know, they're taking home good chunks of cash compared to previous years in uh, in Arizona, which which blows me away. We can only have 5,000 people right. in the building. But it is ironic that a team that's winning in a pretty steady location is not threatening to leave, but just saying, hey, we better figure this out. Then a team that is playing in a 5,000 seat building, no one seems to be worried about them moving or talking about moving. I, I, I just don't understand that at all. Uh, all right. That was take a lap, taking a lap brought to you by backscape. Zuby, I apologize. We moved some segments around. Are we, we doing a quick commercial break before Struddy's world? Correct. Right on Struddy. Uh, can you give us a hint? Can you give us a little teaser, a little, little tickle? Little something, something. Uh, keep people hanging around. It's something that I've been talking, thinking about for this is hockey related. Okay, but I, I think that 
it's time to throw up the white flag for a few areas of the M2 orders. I'm going to get to it next. Oh, okay. Throwing the white flag. Strategies World coming up next. Okay, heroes, are you trying to tough it out through a sports or life injury right now? Trying to prove your mettle by grinding through, gritting your teeth? Well, Redefined Health is here to say it's time to come on in. At Redefined Health, they'll high-five you for your toughness and then get to work on helping you fix the problem. Helping athletes and heroes find better balance, performance, and injury prevention, visit RedefineHealth.com. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy look good. <laughs> you know it's Strutty's world, and we're all just living in it. It's brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. They've got locations in Calgary and Edmonton. Whether you're a homeowner, contractor, or a builder, DLR is the most reliable source for vinyl fence. They opened in 2005. Going strong, unmatched service, high-quality North American-made products. Visit dlrvinylproducts.ca. Strutty, let's wave the white flag. Yeah, I think it's time to wave the right flag on the Oilers' uh, third and fourth lines. Chris Knobloch, it is clear um, that he is unsure about which combinations he wants to have together. How do I know that? Because, you know, especially recently, they're constantly changing. Uh, Rob Brown made the good point that we've seen Perry on the third line. We've seen him on the fourth line. We've seen him on the first line. Uh, we've seen Connor Brown bounce up and down between the third and fourth line. We've seen McLeod up. We've seen McLeod down on the third line. Janmark in and out of the lineup. Dylan Holloway has played center. He's played left wing. I believe he's even played right wing in recent games. There is just a ton of experimentation going on this bottom six. Uh, over the course of the year, we've seen Adam Gagne do, or Adam Gagne, Adam Ernie do quite well uh, on this group, but he finds himself that line. We've had Adam Ernie, who's up and down, now down with the group in the minor. James Hamlin, another guy. It feels like Chris Knobloch is uh, seeking a, a, a group of players that can deliver what he wants, which, and he kind of talked a little bit about the, the physicality. He wants to see some more physicality out of the group. Uh, you know, energy, you don't have to score, but just play in the offensive zone. So right now, I'm sitting here, and it's interesting you bring it up today, Shogger, about finding the third-line center if, if, if you know, that's what the trade is, to solidify it. I, I understand it. I see where they're going with, with that decision. But I wonder if they don't need another guy to come in to add some size and a bit more of structured identity, specifically on the fourth line. Yeah, Connor Carrick is one of those names that gets – thrown around out yeah. there right i mean they're gonna trade for a couple of ducks <laughs> carrick and, and henry yeah i mean i think if they can figure out a way to make it work do i think they'd love to upgrade themselves there as well for sure can you do two forwards and a defenseman starts to get pretty tricky you're firing it bodies does. out the door at that point for sure here's what i think they 
feel to me like they're lacking. And I will circle Corey Perry and said, everybody except him. Not talking about him. Yeah, fair. And and I'll give Greg's credit because he kind of he brought this up tonight and I completely agree with him. Um, you know, where where are the momentum changing traits that you need from a Stanley Cup championship third and fourth line? When it's a grind defensively and not a lot's happening for you, but you know what? You know when those guys go over the boards, you're sure going to get what? Physicality? Nope. Somebody, are the hitters hitting? Are the guys that are big enough and strong enough to hit hitting consistently enough? Nope. Uh, what are you getting? Are you like, what are you getting? How are these lines affecting games consistently now? If Derek Ryan were sitting here next to me, he'd reach over and head flick me and probably talk about needing opportunity to be able to do those things. And some of that is fair, but Struds, their base game just isn't, there's not a lot of momentum changing characteristics in their bottom six. And to me, that is a huge problem because you need that from them in the playoffs. But the coach is telling us this by the way he's shuffling lines, trying to find something, something that fits. So my, my suggestion to him would be to a third line together you think is got some legs and run with that fourth line you're gonna have to sort that out but i it was was it mcleod holloway and perry i yep. like that line i think yep. we saw it for two games i would put those three guys together now that means fogel probably has to stay up in the top six for now because you know perry and and mcleod who've both been up there would not be but Give yourself a chance. Say, okay, this is what I want. I want three games or a week, whatever it is. Give these guys three, four games. Let them see what they can do. Uh, can they can they make it look like it? Then your fourth line, figure out what that looks like, right? And, and it's not going to be beautiful. But now sort start somewhere with one line, and then maybe that's going to send a message to your GM that, hey, buddy, we need something else to help us finish this out. I like it. That was Struddy's World, brought to you by DLR Product. Zuby, what is going on in the stream? I saw you. Were you threatening people? You were going to. Are people fighting? Are they swearing? Are they. What? Like, uh, Zuby's just, being like a disciplinarian <clears throat> on the stream tonight. It was just a friendly warning. It was just a little. You know what? We, we, uh, we're pretty open on the chat, but when we start getting into uh, getting a little personal on the talent, then I, that's where I get oh. my. Uh, I just, I just said it. Just keep, us. keep it, keep it civil, and you know what, what you want to say you've, about within you've reason. You've got our backs. He, Shreddy, he says suddenly, suddenly he chimes in. Keep it civil, gang, or I'll be handing out timeouts. I have experience. <laughs> LOL from Zuby. Uh, yeah. Okay, Zuby. Well, get everybody reined in. Find intelligence stuff, and let's get to that next. We're so coming up next. Uh, we have some news on the hats. So we're gonna do a hat giveaway after a very short break. And then ask us anything before we wrap up the show tonight. So short break. Everybody smarten up. Be on your best behavior. You don't get to be on Ask Us Anything. We'll be right back. For over 60 years, Belvedere Golf and Country Club has been delivering a high-quality golf experience to Edmonton and area. This beautiful private club located on Highway 21 just south of Sherwood Park occupies 160 acres and presents a challenging yet adventurous 18-hole design. A beautiful clubhouse, fully stocked pro shop, and warm, friendly staff truly make it feel like you belong to something unique and special. 
visit www.belvederegcc.com. All right, let's do a little hat giveaway, shall we? Oh. Courtesy our friends at Kinprint, and in conjunction with the Boers Golf Shop Fitting Center, aiming to help you play better golf with golf fitting, instruction, after-sales support, and golf merchandise, clothing as well. 25 years the Boers is celebrating. That's great for a local company. Congratulations to them. So, a new way... To enter the hat draw tonight, we've been working on getting some merch Ooh. done online. So we're going to have you go to our website, gybpod.com. And then you'll see, you can either go to forward slash gyb merch, or you can just go to gybpod.com and you'll see merch. Uh, G, uh, got your back merch over on the right side. And then just enter your name and answer the trivia question. And you'll the name will go into a draw. And then we'll, uh, if you win, we'll get you a hat. Now, you'll also notice on there, trying to get a little store together where people can start ordering hats. Nice. Because we're having lots of demand for them. Uh, so I don't think it's quite up and running yet, but it will be very soon. And so hats for sale. But enter into the contest to win a hat on the website, gybpod.com, and go click on GYB Merch. Simple question tonight. Who is leading the National Hockey League in hits? Oh, this season as of right now, post game tonight. Um, so send your answer to us on our website. That's gybpod.com. And then go over and click on merch. And you can take a look at some of the hats that we have as well. So website's kind of working on things and we'll have more in the days to follow. Time now for Ask Us Anything brought to you by Rini Buclan. The Shark of the Park of Maxwell Devonshire Realty. Home is a feeling, right? And one of the biggest investments you'll ever make. Rini takes on a select number of clients only to give them a more personalized service. See why she was rated the number one individual agent again this year with her skilled negotiation and five-star client satisfaction. Rated number one individual agent. That's something. 780-994-0280. Zuby, hop on in, buddy. How's it going, fellas? Good, buddy. Let's do this. Settle down in that commercial break. Did everybody get back in line and get were, back in their lane? That was quite a ways back. Everyone had okay. everyone fell into line after I I laid down the law, so it was good. I just things were getting a little testy, okay. um, so I just wanted to make sure everybody's cool. This is a supposed to be a fun place to hang out and talk talk about your team. Um, be nice to the talent. Yeah, uh, let's uh, let's go. there's lots lots kind of to get to here, um, but let's get into some uh, talking on the trade front. A couple of comments I'll throw at you here, and you guys can kind of pick and choose. Hontorio Moms said, "If you have to sub in third and fourth line players into your top six, then you are short players." Um, JL says, "Will they change their stance and trade a first round pick for just a rental?" And uh, one last one from Martin Ferguson. Maybe someone off the radar like Ekholm wasn't. Certainly, that's there. There wasn't a lot of chatter about Ekholm when that trade uh, came through last year. So, what are you? What are your thoughts on any of that, uh, Shogger? Strutty, you go ahead. I, I said someone off the radar. Um, you know, I heard Alexander Wenberg out of Seattle. No, uh, and that I mean, he makes five mil. Um, uh, interesting name that I had I hadn't heard. Uh, so that that's a guy I thought it was interesting. And I, I am resistant to trading my first rounder lessons for something that stays. I just, mm. 
I, I'm hesitant to do that. I, I so I'm looking at a second round or a third rounder. I, I can make those trades, but to trade away my first rounder, I, I for for a rental, I, I just I, I'm not into it. And um, I, in fact, it's not that I'm not into it. I, I would not do it. Hmm. Interesting. What about uh, Anthony Mantha? A little expensive, right? He's five point seven schmill, right? But was he got 18, 18 goals this season for the Washington? Big body, big, big body, big body, big um, body. He's had three hits in his career. Accidentally, he ran into someone. Um, <laughs> so, you know, he, he he needs to be motivated. But when motivated, he is a handful uh, on that big body. So. Yeah, I mean, is it is it that? I mean, Brownie wasn't too into the idea of uh, Tarasenko, or was mm -hmm. it you? No, I think both both of you guys. Brownie was me. Brownie wasn't. He was colder yeah. than I was on it. I I think I would take Tarasenko over top of uh, Manta. Very good. Um, okay, a couple of other names because so there's a there's been a discussion going on here in the late part of the show about Jeff Carter. We've kind of talked about him before, but when you start talking third and fourth line. Uh, is Jeff Carter a right. guy you would want to see on this team? Do you have a time machine? <laughs> no. I do if not, do, personally. I'll take Jeff Carter from 10 years ago. Jeff Carter from today, I don't. I would not. Would you take Jason Strudwick from 10 years ago with that same time machine? <sighs> 10 years ago, I was a handful, buddy. Uh, no, I, I know what they were looking for. Hey, depth guy, like kind of a no. seven spot or something like they need that. more than that. Like I, and I, and I, I say that I'm not even trying to be funny. I, I, as a depth spot, I would take, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take me. I, I would be looking higher than that. Now, if you need someone in the room to have a good time, that I'm your guy and to keep things loose. So I, I need, I, if I was your eighth or ninth, I think you're in pretty good spot. If I'm your seventh, I'm a, I'm a little bit worried about that. Team. Eighth or ninth? Like, you might as well be the mascot at that point if you're the number nine. Yeah. No. Well, nine is maybe a little bit. But that's that's just the truth, man. Like, you you know, Brownie talked about if, if Nurse or Echo get hurt. I, I hear you. I, I get it. But I think it's right now Kulak slides up, right? And he, he he's looked good in that spot. He's done a pretty good job in the past. If both those guys get hurt, now you're slipping Jason Stradwick into that spot. That's where things get pretty yeah. testy and a little ugly. I also don't – I mean, there's lots of people asking about Jeff Carter, right? He, he checks a few boxes, right? He's won and has experience and all those things. Uh, he's size, you know, decent size. He slows you down. And I really don't think that whatever deal the orders do up front – it would be wise to slow themselves down with the deal they do up front. Unless it's some guy that's got crazy skills, I wouldn't be slowing slowing yourselves down. Yeah, so I'll, I'll say this. I was wrong about Stahl. Eric Stahl a couple years ago had a good mm -hmm. run with Montreal, I believe, if that if that's what I – if yeah, uh, I think so, yeah. Yep, to the finals. And then, yeah, Perry, I was wrong about him. So maybe there's some juice left in the, that old war horse. Like Jeff Carr's had an amazing NHL career. Mm -hmm. But is he the guy you're going to put as your third cent third center? Mm -hmm. If he was a fourth center, that might be having. But a fourth well, center, that's what people he, are saying is a fourth center. But he's making what is he at three something? Uh, let me. So I had it. It's slip real. that down to to get it. Three point one. Yeah. So you nice split job, it. Baby. That's one and a half. Probably got to split that again. Um, listen, yeah. the cost I don't think is going to be high to get him. No. Uh, so fourth center maybe. 
Um, I'd be interested if I can get it down cheap, but for third center, no. So I, I, then I'll change my answer. Um, we know, Strutty, you like the Henrique option. What about someone else from Anaheim, Frank Vetrano? That name, he has another year after this, but that name seems to be out there. And, of course, he's having a great season, an all-star season. Uh, seems like a, a top six guy who can finish. Uh, where where would you put him on your wish list? Yeah, I mean, that that fits when I say I don't want to trade right a first-rounder for a non-rental. He fits that type of mold. Um and I've heard the thing about the Ducks moving him. I, why? Why are they moving him? Right? Oh, they're they're trying to get out of it. They're trying to get out of there where they're currently at. And so I, I don't really know why. If I was them, I would move that guy out. Three point um, six five million. He's got twenty six goals. Like, what are you? What are you moving that player for? I, yeah. Like that's. Is he any different than uh, who is it? Konechny or or Lawton in Philadelphia? Like. They're talking about a pretty big price tag for him. I think that's more than one first rounder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if Ekholm was a first coming up again a, too. A, that, who? What's sorry, that? Joe? No. Well, if Ekholm was a first and a top prospect, you know what? Why is this going to be less? Oh yeah, no, he'd be expensive. He's got twenty six goals. Like he'll, he'll be an expensive yeah. player to acquire. Plus, he's got a year left on his deal. Yeah, I like no him. Like, so, yeah, the answer is yes, I do like him. And same with Boone. But Boone Jenner, if you call it, because I think you're going to say about Boone Jenner, if you call those guys about Boone Jenner, those guys being Davidson, I guess now is the general manager, um, they've got to clean this up. But I feel like that's a guy you want to have on your team to help kind of bring in new guys and get them going in the right direction. Like, he's a good leader and he's cheap. So, same thing. Is that, I'm not giving that guy away for mm-hmm. a, simply a first rounder shot. Yeah, man. You never know, man. Teams in those situations sometimes they, you know, sometimes they do things that aren't necessarily front of mind for everybody else. You can take advantage of teams that are kind of in this state of flux and fair point. You're like, hey, you got a good chance to reset here. Is it reset with a first round and this and that? I I agree. It's it it would be a tough deal, but he'd be a good, I mean, he'd look good in an oil silks right now for what they need. Zuby, let's do two so, more, man. It's late. Yeah, so I'll just say this. Yep. If I'm Columbus, I'll say I'll do it for a first rounder in Holloway. Boy. That's yeah, what I do it. That's yeah. that's my ask is how many years does he have left? Sorry to to, to, to drag you down again, but uh, into yeah. this. We can take a look. Uh, I believe Zuby's going to beat me to it. We're racing. We're racing to it, Zuby. Oh, he signed through 25, 26. Yeah. Two he's more after this year. Two more years after this yeah, year. Two more. So five. Yes. So you're, if you, you need a character player back, I think Holloway would be that guy. So do you want to do it? Sure. This is a price tag. Now it might be more than, I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out to understand what I would want if I was Columbus. He's got the eight team, no trade modified as well. Zuby, couple more buddy. And he's, and he also did, I guess, recently state too, that he wants to stay there and be a part of it, which is like a rare, when you're trying to do those rebuilds, yeah. you, you want guy you know, yeah. I would think you want guys who want to stay, but like yeah. you guys said, you never know. Um, okay. Let's uh, talk a little bit of goaltending. Omar says uh, eight straight games with a save percentage under 900 goaltending is an issue. And I'm just going to dovetail that into Nino uh, Chukic saying, Anyone think they should give Campbell one more shot? He's playing well lately. Or maybe the question is, is 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 average to slightly below average goaltending with this team right now pushing pushing that to happen, creating the return window for Jack Campbell? Shreds? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, possibly. I think that, the, that to bring it back up, you have to move quite a few mountains to get them back up here. Um, I think of the three goals tonight, I didn't like the second goal against Pickard. I think that's one he has to have. But the to allow a player to walk in and just absolutely unleash a slap shot, that is, that is you know, we've got to look at that front and center. So did Pickard give him a chance tonight? 100% he did. Yeah, I, I concur. Like, you bring up Campbell. Pickard's playing well. Pickard is a viable option when you want to get a move away from Stuart Skinner. He's been playing well. He's been doing his job. He's earned the right to be here. He's showing he's an NHL caliber goalie right now. The orders are, you know, there was a time where it felt like they were short on NHL caliber goalies. So you don't owe anything, you don't owe anything to Jack Campbell at this point. You got to you got to do what makes sense, and I think it continues to make sense to have Calvin Pickard here. Okay. Oh, I got. This is a difficult choice here. I got a few kind of different things to choose from. Let's go oh with. Boy. Let's go with this. Uh, great name, fermented moose nuts. Uh, said nobody on this team can. This is kind of coming very from very fan perspective, but I feel like this a little bit too. Nobody on this team can beat a goalie independently right now. It feels like the goals are all, uh, you know. Power play point, you know, uh, or or the other night against Boston was all like point shots and rebounds and like does it, you know, does it feel like nobody's putting one top shelf on the rush or when they've got the the chance between the uh, hash marks to to bury one? It's like those. That's just not how the goals are going in right now. Is that do you do you agree and does it concern you? Yeah. So if you're talking like Matt Boldy tonight created that that play and and, and buried it from there, that's what you can do, but. There were a number of posts ringing the bell behind uh, the goaltender tonight. And I'll go back to the one where Connor just toe-dragged around the D-man, passed from, I think it was Hyman, and just square squarely hit the post. That's going past the guy. That was, those yep. are the ones that are beating him. So That's I think true, we yeah. have to be uh, a I little mean, bit. Bouchard can beat a goalie. Um, yeah, did in Dallas know. the other night off the, off of uh, the power play there. Yeah. I guess that's power play. That's what he's talking about. What I'll say is we're not seeing McDavid flat out rip it and beat goalies the way he was last year. Like he's not sniping in the same way that he was last year, right? And he's got the puck on his stick a lot. So we're not seeing it as much there. Um, so yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You know, they're, they're, they're big goal guy in Hyman. That's not his MO either. No. <laughs> uh, do I think they need to be, you know, what I love to see Connor McDavid develop that sniper's mentality or re reacquire it a little bit from last year. Yes. I do think he could use some of that in his game right now. He's piling up the assists, the work ethic, the dragging his team into the fight. All of those things are there. So you know, you're kind of splitting hairs on a guy that's already playing really well. But yes, I do believe that sniper's mentality back in his game struts wouldn't hurt this team. No, he's also got to find the chances. But again, guys, like he, you know, he had it today. Um, you know, you look at uh, Leon at the end of the game there. He just missed his far side. He's three inches the other way towards the net. Yeah. And it's, it's a goal. So I think the goals are coming a little bit hard right now. You're talking about those three wheeling goals. But the fact that we're against the power play goals and that they're scoring from around the net, I love that. Because mm -hmm. in the in the in the playoffs, those three wheeling goals are difficult to come by. Yeah. Uh Zuby, you got one more. Or we wrapped up, buddy. Uh what what was the one? Uh oh, ADN he was wondering about uh post-game availability. I know you talked about this. 
uh, sort of gave us a little bit of insight, pulled back the curtain a, a few shows ago, but he sure. was saying, wondering if there were any other players you guys wanted for post game. Was there only two? Were there only two? Was there only two interviews because of the, he says of the weird way the game played out. Are you guys, have you guys been asking, like, did anyone ask for dry tonight? Like you, you said you guys kind of get together yeah. and. Yeah. So yeah, kind of the way this worked tonight, like we can get more players if, if we want to get more players. Um, so the, we put in group requests, we put in group requests for two guys in the coach tonight, probably could have done more. Um, dry talked this morning. So quite often if a guy speaks in the morning, unless there's a really significant reason to drag him out again, post game, um, you maybe gravitate away from that a little bit, but could have for sure. Uh, but no, though we got both the guys that were asked for by the group and the captain after a loss like that, and uh, at home to talk about the defending a little bit. So we just sort of as a group figure out who we want, put those names in. But yeah, if that pulls back the curtain a little bit, we could ask for more. But tonight, I think uh, I think everybody could feel the fact that there's a game tomorrow as well, and it was right. like, yep, let's get a couple and and get her going, and that's the way we did. Cool. All right, that was Ask Us Anything brought to you by Renew Boot Clan. Oh, we hit 80 minutes. I think that's the first time we've ever done that. So <laughs> I have not done my job in navigating our time crunch on this. An hour and 20 minutes. My goodness. And after a loss, nonetheless, Struds, gem of the night, quick, quick, gem of the night. Connor McDavid talking about they had their game legs uh, and built the game. Uh, and I agree with him totally. Yeah. Again, I think it's the game they should have and probably could have won. Nate Hayes says, great pod, guys. Thank you, Nate. Thanks to everybody that joined us here on the live stream. Thanks for everybody that's downloading and listening in podcast form or watching on YouTube, however you're consuming us. Thank you for consuming us. Uh, Oilers and Flames, tomorrow night we'll drop a post-game podcast then as well. So I guess we'll talk in 23 hours. See you then. <laughs>